0: Welcome. This is episode 46 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Axe. We are so glad that you are hanging out here today. Now, how'd you get here? Are you a subscriber already? And you saw that little notification on your phone and it said episode 46 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast is available and you said, ooh, I need to listen to that. Thank you so much for doing that. That's the best way to get new episodes of this podcast when they are available. Just hit that subscribe button in iTunes or Google Play, and then you're in the it club, baby. Now, maybe you found us on Syracuse.com. That's another great way to keep track. Maybe you found us on social media, on Twitter or Facebook. Any way you got here today, thank you for listening. I think we've got a fun episode for you today. Ah, yes, the great quarterback debate. It's not a controversy, okay? Controversy is an overused term, and controversy would point to that there's some sort of division on the Syracuse football team. There isn't. This is a great problem to have, if it's even a problem. It's a great situation for Dino Babers to have with Tommy DeVito and Eric Dungy. But only one can start the game, but we'll both play the game. That is the question, and we will ponder that here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast today. We will also chat with Beth Mullins. Beth, a Central New York native, grew up in Syracuse, Syracuse University grad, former college basketball player, now one of the best play-by-play broadcasters out there, ESPN, CBS. And she's going to be on the call for Syracuse and NC State Saturday at the Carrier Dome. By the way, the first primetime Saturday game for Syracuse Since 2010. And by the way, that was Connecticut, which shows you how far Connecticut football has fallen since then. And hey, Syracuse football may be on the way up a little bit here. So we will talk to Beth about broadcasting this game, about being a mentor for younger broadcasters, in particular female broadcasters that are trying to make their way in the play by play, reporting, and sports journalism world. We'll also talk to Beth about coming home to Syracuse, and she'll give us a little dinner tip as well. But first, yes. Let us get to it. The great debate. Tommy DeVito, Eric Dungy.
1: You know, the, the first thing is, you know, quarterback is just like any other position. We play four, four wide receivers. We play three tailbacks. We rotate six or seven offensive linemen, four defensive ends. We need to play more linebackers. <laughs> but, you know, I understand the whole thing, but the really cool thing is our guys, all we care about is getting our sixth win. We should be talking about being... 2-2 two and two in the ACC. We should talk about we're right on the verge of doing something that hasn't been done in quite a while around here, and we really don't care out of our 107 sons who gets the credit. It's a family thing. We're going to handle it and go about our business. We're 1-0 and in the second part of our season, and we're trying really hard to be 2-0. and
0: The fact is Dino is in a great spot here. The Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one team in the country. The Clemson Tigers, the number two team in the country. And the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, currently the number three team in the country, all three teams barring a loss, will be the first three in the college football playoff ranking that comes out next week. Do you know what they all have in common? They replaced quarterbacks this year. Not only did they replace quarterbacks, they replaced quarterbacks that played in national championship games and looked to have a firm trench hold on that position for the next couple of years. Tua replaced Jalen Hurts at Alabama. Trevor Lawrence replaced Kelly Bryant at Clemson. And Ian Book replaced Brandon Wimbush at Notre Dame. So if they can do it, so can Syracuse. It is telling that with 5.07 to go against the North Carolina Tar Heels at the Carrier Dome, down a score... Dino Babers felt that Tommy DeVito was the right choice. And he was justified in that choice, not only with the fact that Syracuse won that football game, but look at how Tommy DeVito threw the ball. That 42-yard reception to Nikeem Johnson on the money. That pass in the corner of the end zone to Jamal Custis on the money. There is a clear velocity and there is a clear accuracy in how Tommy DeVito throws the football right now that Eric Dungy simply doesn't have. So the choice is between this, the young gun who has put a lot of energy into this team, into the fan base, and a little more intrigue into a game which is already intriguing, as we will discuss here momentarily. Or you go with the guy who's fought through so much, a quarterback who has set records, who has inspired, is a team leader, and seems to have the backing of the Syracuse football fan base. And a poll on Syracuse.com, which got thousands of votes, people said that Eric Dungy should start over Tommy DeVito. But you know what? There was a third choice in that poll, and this is actually what won the poll, to play both. And I think that's ultimately what Dino Babers will do in this football game. I think it's what he should do in this football game. Now, Eric Dungy, I believe, will start this football game and will be on a short leash, one way or the other. Tommy DeVito will be put out there. You made Dave Dorn of NC State prepare for two quarterbacks all week. You might as well show them two quarterbacks on the field Saturday at the Carrier Dome. This is a win-win for Dino, as we mentioned, though, because if you start Eric Dungy and he comes out and is more accurate – rallies the team, plays with a little inspiration. It was just the kick in the butt that he needed. And you know you've got Tommy DeVito waiting in the wings. We have seen what Tommy can do. He has more than proven himself as a quarterback because the fact about Eric Dungey that you can't get around, in addition to the things I said earlier, he hasn't finished a season as the starting quarterback here at Syracuse. So what you cannot do is let loyalty blind you. Coaches tell you all the time the best players play. So you cannot let what Eric Dungy has done to this point be the primary factor in the decision in who starts and plays the most at quarterback against NC State. Who's the best quarterback for you right now? If Tommy DeVito comes out, starts the game, and falters, and the NC State defense gets to the youngster, well, you have a veteran who can come in and save the day. If both play, well, you satisfy all curious parties, and the debate continues throughout the season. One thing is Sure. DeVito was ready for his time in the spotlight against the Tar Heels.
1: When you compare the very last time he went out there from the very first time he went out there this year, when some were like, hey, you know, why do you say he's gonna be good? He fumbled the ball, didn't get a drive, didn't move the football. See he hasn't played in two years. He's got to get out there, the speed of the game. It's different. It's different. Practice, practice speed and game speed's different. He had never been hit. Now he's been hit a couple of times. He got hit in the goal line pulling the ball and And turning uh, being a runner down there and then you know lack of experience he got he got baited by. it was a very advanced move and he got baited and he he bit and now he'll remember that you know really really good quarterbacks remember that and it should never happen again and that's the really cool thing and that's the thing that you guys need to understand uh, about quarterback play there's so many reps that you put into a quarterback and you can't take those reps back and they can only get it while they're out there and you know it it gives them an edge that they've seen it before so they know what to do and that's always good for an offense when you have somebody with a lot of experience that has seen things before and they know what to do so I think that uh, I'm really proud of where Tommy's at I think he's working really hard I think he's been extremely humble and team-oriented about everything that he's done and I'm looking forward to his future with us So don't call it a quarterback
0: controversy, call it a quarterback discussion, call it a quarterback debate, call it a quarterback whatever you want. The fact is that Syracuse has two quarterbacks like Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, and other programs I can mention here. It is a sign of the building depth that Dino Babers has, not only at that position, but several positions. Look at Mellon Wanfu, look at Mellon Wanfu, Shai Cullen, Andre Schmidt, Taj Harris, a number of young players that have played and made an impact for the Syracuse football team in 2018. Now, as for NC State, this is the first primetime game at the Carrier Dome on a Saturday since 2010. This was a game that was given the six-day hold by ESPN, meaning this. ESPN knew they wanted the game. They knew they were going to put it on ESPN or ESPN2, perhaps ABC. They just didn't know what time. Why? They wanted to see what NC State did against Clemson. And even though NC State lost to Clemson 41-7, they felt that the 5-1 and one Orange, they felt that the 5-2 and two Orange against the now 5-1 and one NC State Wolfpack was worthy of primetime. So no matter what kind of crowd is at the Carrier Dome Saturday, and I think the crowd will be in the low 40,000s, it's going to be loud and Syracuse fans see an opportunity to not only beat a ranked team and perhaps be back in the conversation to be in the AP Top 25, but to clinch a bull berth and to beat a team to add to the list, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Florida State, and now NC State, a team that has bordered on elite in the ACC but certainly is one of the better teams in the ACC and has one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC in Ryan Finley. I do think Syracuse is going to win this game in a shootout. I think it's going to be a 36-30 type of game. I think that Syracuse will surprise and be able to run the football a little bit with all the focus on the quarterbacks, and that will not be easy to do because NC State has a top-10 rush defense. They also have a top-10 running attack themselves, so the weakness of the Syracuse defense will have to hold firm. And Ryan Guthrie looked pretty good last week for Syracuse against North Carolina. The linebacker had 12 tackles, including two for a loss in that game. So I think Syracuse 36, NC State 30. We'll see which quarterback plays the most, has the better stats, and will be the guy going forward. But no matter the result of this game, and no matter the result of how Tommy DeVito and Eric Dungy plays, Dino Babers has himself a pretty good situation on his hands at quarterback. Well, let's talk to a Syracuse native, a Syracuse University grad, and someone who will be behind the mic for Syracuse and NC State Saturday night on ESPN2. Beth Mullins joins me this week on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. So we're here with Beth Mowins and Beth, it's a come-home situation for you, and you get back to central New York often, but you get to come home and call not only a Syracuse game, but what is turning into a, a big primetime matchup for the Orange. So what's it like when you come home, but you got some work to do as well? How do you, how do you balance things out? Because I'm sure everybody wants to say hello and go to lunch and do all sorts of things
2: it's a, it's a really good thing Brent to still have some some uh family and and old friends that I've kept in touch with over the years uh to come back and say hello and um uh, uh kind of you know show off my hometown to our crew and and other folks that are coming in for the game it's it's always pretty cool and you know it's it's great to, um you know to have a big game and and in prime time on a saturday night and and i really hope that um you know the fans are going to turn out and and make it as loud as can be, and uh, that, that's what that's what we always hope for. You know, we want we want a little little local flavor. So I'm I'm going to treat the uh, treat the crew. We're going to take them over to Santangelo's for dinner oh, when we're in town. Good spot. Uh, you know, and we and we want some good fan interaction, which which we always get in Syracuse, and then we want a competitive game with a fantastic finish. It doesn't really matter you know, which way it goes from a TV standpoint. But hopefully we get all those things and and the Dome's rocking and it's, uh, you know, it's a good showcase for Syracuse football and and for the ACC.
0: Beth, this has turned into a pretty big game. It's one of those games that got moved into primetime. It was the six-day hold and we were kind of wondering what spot it would be put in. And you mentioned it. It's a big ACC game, you know, Syracuse as a bit of a quarterback, I think controversy is kind of an overused word. It's more of just of a quarterback decision that Dino's got to make. And, you know, NC State's coming off that game against Clemson where, you know, they, they were embarrassed in Death Valley and I think put a lot of, you know, emotional, mental, physical, everything uh, in terms of preparation to that game. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to react to that and you know, while the quarterback situation is a big storyline, you know, Syracuse gave up 37 points to North Carolina and still has some issues on defense to to fix here, you know, out of their bye week and out of that game. So, yeah, the quarterback takes center stage, but there's a lot of, of back and forth in this game. What, what are the things that really intrigue you the most about this matchup?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think even nationally now, um, folks are watching the quarterback situation and and it's sort of become a storyline at a lot of different places like Alabama and Clemson and you've got this young stud and, and of course Tommy, one of the, you know, biggest quarterback recruits that Syracuse has landed in quite some time. Do you do you go with the young guy or do you stick with the, the tried and true veteran? And and Eric has done so many good things for the Orange. It's you know, it's it's a a good problem to have, but I, I think first and foremost for Dino and his staff, you know, I, I look at big wins the last couple of years, but then they weren't followed up with consistency week in and week out and, and really late season fades. You know, they lost four in a row, two years ago, last year, five in a row at the end of the season. I think this is a a Syracuse coaching staff and a team that wants to prove that they can carry it out the entire year. And, and it really starts here with, with a national stage, you're going to be on it again later in the year with the Notre Dame game and Yankee stadium. And you certainly hope that um, you still have a chance as a program to go in there with, you know, just the two losses on your resume. So uh, I I think how, how the coaches will handle Dungy DeVito. And I think the other thing too, that, that really um, is significant is the run defense. You know, they, they had some problems uh, in the last three weeks trying to stop the run and, and, you know, NC State's coming in with a rushing offense that is top ten in the country and a quarterback that can, that can run with it and, and can also throw it around. So it's going to be a big challenge for that defense because, as you mentioned, Brent, you know NC State's coming in here ticked off that, that they didn't show last week.
0: Beth, when you travel the country and get to do the different games that you do, and it just kind of comes up in conversation that you're either from Syracuse, went to Syracuse, and and it turns to football how do you think that reputation nationwide in the different places you go is turning out for Syracuse do people say oh wow hey Dino makes those great speeches or like what comes up when Syracuse football is a topic kind of outside of of our bubble uh, out of that kind of Syracuse central New York bubble wherever that shall be
2: you know I I think first and are all you're absolutely right, Brent. It's those post-game speeches um, that, that everybody thinks of right away. And, and the up-tempo offense. And, you know, you, you've got a lot of coaches around the country that are trying to run that and establish that. And can that last through the long haul? And I, I think uh, you have uh, fans that are a little bit older. Um, that remember, you know, the heyday of of Syracuse football when this was a, you know, a perennial top 15 program and and was, um, you know, winning Big East championships and hanging right in there with some of the true powers. And and I think there is almost an anticipation um, that it is a program that can get back to that. Um, I I think a lot of people around the country look now, uh, now at the ACC after Clemson as being pretty wide open, um, who can jump in there and establish themselves as, you know, the second and, and third best team. And, and Syracuse has already proven that they can compete and hang right in there and even beat Clemson. So I think the, the rest of the country looks at it as a, as a program on the cusp right now. And, and a lot, I think, depends – on the stretch run here and a couple of high-profile games still on the schedule. And uh, I think that's what makes the, the quarterback situation so intriguing. Do you hand the keys over right now to the young guy who could set you up uh, with one of the top quarterbacks in the league for the
0: next three years? Beth, uh, you've been doing a lot of college football games, certainly been doing a lot of NFL football games as well. Going back and forth between that and, you know, football right now is is really intriguing in the sense of, you know, some of the top teams we knew would be there. You know, the NFL's got, you know, the Rams and the Chiefs and, you know, then you've got like the Bills and Arizona and, you know, the teams at the bottom. So when you go back and forth between college football and the NFL and, you know, certainly individual matchups provide their own storylines, but... You know, what do you think is kind of the general sense of of how each of those sports are? Because to me, college football is just every week, you just don't know. And I vote in the AP Top 25, and I sit down every Sunday morning, and it's like putting a puzzle together. Whereas it seems like the NFL, while there's parity, it it, it goes more according to script in a way, if that makes any sense. Do you find that, or what's your sense when you kind of go back and forth between the two sports right now?
2: I think there is uh, you, you we found in both college and the NFL right now almost you know the same uh, handful of elite programs sort of year in and year out, whether it's Alabama or the Patriots that that are always competitive, that are always right in it. You have you know uh, what seems to be a lot of the same teams year in and year out at the bottom. and then sort of this the way the NFL you know does their scheduling really. Um, provides an opportunity for teams to get right back in the mixer in in a hurry, and I think that's probably one of the big differences with the NFL that you really can't have anybody knock off anybody on on, on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think the college game still obviously has the atmosphere. There's nothing quite like a a Saturday afternoon on a campus, you know, especially when all the tailgaters are out, and uh, you know they have that cool, crisp air. So um th- that I think probably has the advantage on a Saturday uh but it's, it's been great even roaming around the NFL you know I had a chance to do the Lions game this year and, and uh, you know the first thing you do when you see Coach Pasqualoni, who is the, the coordinator there for Matt Patricia and, and you start talking about Syracuse and, and you start talking about upstate New York and and uh it, it was a lot of fun being able to cover the Lions and I'm, I'm happy to see that they've kind of found their footing and uh, you know have have figured some things out, so uh, it, it's been great to go go back and forth and and I think you you have a definite advantage when you move on to do NFL games from having covered a lot of those guys in college. It's a big help.
0: Beth, how do you see your role here in, in 2018 and and going into 2019 and where we stand? as kind of a mentor for for young broadcasters, both male and female, but certainly there's a lot of a female play by play. Female analysts, female sports broadcasters in general that, that look up to you and say, hey, I want to do what she does. How, how have you seen that role grow as a mentor, and is it something you embrace?
2: You know, it's it's something, Brenna, I'm, I'm really proud of and have um, come to really embrace it since that first Monday night football game um, a couple of years ago. You know, I, I knew it was – it was a big deal to a lot of other people. You're not really sure just how big until it happens and it plays out and you get responses from from your peers and responses from a lot of younger women. I'm thrilled to see so many more women getting opportunities to follow the the play-by-play dreams. And I think what we're seeing in general for everybody and a lot of these young men and women at Newhouse is new opportunities as this Um, business continues to change and, and all, all the chances you have, even while you're still at Syracuse, uh, to be a blogger, to be streaming your own video and your own content. Um, it's, there are so many great opportunities now to really get out there and, and make a name for yourself and keep adapting to the, to the changing scenery, um, you know, it's it's good to see an old timer like me, Brent, uh, still uh, being able to have a, a positive impact and and uh, to, you know to share share advice or, or life lessons with with some of the younger folks
0: coming up. It's experience, Beth. It's not old time it's experience, <laughs> right? You got you got to label it properly, but absolutely, there you go. absolutely. Now, uh, amongst those others in the experienced club, I will call it. But you know, you just brought it up. <laughs> Students today can just jump right in and be on the air or do their own web stream or get on YouTube. Like you're doing it as you're learning. You know, you and I, when we were in college, didn't really have that benefit. We had to do it in a, in a college atmosphere and find a way to do it professionally or commercially. Is there something, a connective thread that when you talk to fellow SU alums, that it really comes down to you say, I'm glad we got to do this that helped us go along the way? Is it just the student experience on radio and television and actually doing games? Like, What's the connective thread for all these SU alums that are out there that maybe you guys talk about when you get together and say, man, this, this is what really helped me along the way?
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it goes back to um, you know the foundation that, that you get at Syracuse, and it really starts with, with the writing and the presentation skills that, that you learn at an early age. And from um, watching and talking to so many of the Syracuse alums that come through, I think the common thread really is is sort of the professionalism and the um, the old school way of doing things be prepared and get a ton of reps and do the work and that's really the thing I think that sets apart all the new house people that I I come across year in and year out and it's it's that base of Learning how to, how to write and learning the language and the proper use of the langu- language and, and things like tone um, and continuity in your voice. So all those little things that you learn at, at Syracuse that, that lay that foundation for you to go out and, and be confident in whatever your, your entry-level position is into this profession.
0: Beth, you uh, have a colleague and, and a fellow SU alum, and, and I know somebody that you know well who is going to be honored at Syracuse and, and just uh, just next week, as a matter of fact, with the Marty Glickman Award, and that's Ian Eagle, yes. who's one of the great play-by-play uh, performers in any sport really ever, to be honest with you. I mean, I'll shower some praise on him there because he deserves it. Another in a long line of, of great broadcasters being honored, not only with that award, but that have stood out with Newhouse. You know, what has been – his influence. What is it about ion Eagle that that really makes him a special broadcaster?
2: Oh boy! You know I'm I'm excited. Well, actually, I'll be back in town for that. I'm, I'll be in Syracuse a couple times here in the next few weeks. And, Excellent. And 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 that's because um, of, of the respect that I have for for that award. I'm actually looking at it right now in my in my home office here, um, and to have Eagle. Uh, uh, join our, our uh, group is is really cool because, you know, you just you have people in this business that are, no matter what, they're nice, and they'll talk to you and share advice or share um, stories with you, and just Ians I that guy that is the total professional, and everybody likes his work and appreciates his work, but also likes to just sit down and chat with him, and and and. Um, just sort of draw out of him, you know, whatever information we can from the stories that he has to tell. He's really seen it all all and covered it all over the course of his career. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to to seeing him and, and, um, you know, sharing that moment with him. He's one of the best ever that, that we've turned out at Syracuse.
0: Beth, it's great to catch up. It's going to be great to see you back here in Syracuse Saturday night for a big game. Can't wait to watch the broadcast and see you back in Syracuse for uh, that award that we described. I recommend the Eggplant Parm at Sant'Angelo's. Just a little tip. (laughs) And uh, thanks for joining us here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast.
2: I always get the mandarin salad. That's my go-to whenever I'm over there. And that's the the jump-off point.
0: (laughs) Hey, can't go wrong there. That's for sure.
2: All right, Brent. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that you can hit that subscribe button so you can listen to this podcast or maybe some previous episodes. We had Mike Powell on in Episode 44, the former Syracuse lacrosse player who now has a terrific album out called Shelter Without Walls, a little mix of lacrosse and music. I think you'll really enjoy that one. Episode 41, we talked to Scott Hansen of the NFL Network, the host of the NFL Red Zone, one of the great inventions in sports history. Had some great... Tales to tell about his time as a Syracuse football player. He was kind of the Rudy of his day, as he tells it. Episode 39, we talked to Syracuse offensive lineman Sam Heckle, who every few weeks has to go through quite a process just to get on the football field. Episode 37, Bob Costas. We'll let that name just kind of hang on its own. What a conversation we had with the NBC sports legend. So you can listen to all the back episodes, the current episode, Whenever you want, however you want. Just hit that subscribe button in iTunes or Google Play to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Brent Axe.